Welcome back to another installment, my little fucking truffle hunters. I know some of you are probably like, when is this bald bastard going to drop? Like, when's he going to drop? When's he going to pop? We'll stop, drop, and open up shop, listeners, because daddy's home. And today, we are going to discuss the uh, long-rumored James Gunn DCU slate. We're going to talk about every project coming up. Anybody who's in the know or anybody gives a fuck about shit like this has probably already uh, dipped their toes into the pool of infinity. But I assume some of you, my treasured little truffle hunters, aren't as up on the up as some of us. And uh, I thought I'd pop in and run down the slate, the first a handful of DCU projects. I give my personal opinion on them. And, you know, let's let's not dawdle. Uh, let's just jump in head first. Um, the first movie coming up on the new DCU slate is Superman, titled Superman Legacy. Uh, DC Studios co-CEO Peter Safran revealed that Superman Legacy will mark the start of the DCU. But he mentioned that it's not an origin story. The upcoming Superman reboot is set to focus on the titular hero trying to balance his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Saffron described Superman described described Superman as the embodiment of truth, justice, in the American way. He's quoted as saying, "It's not an origin story. It focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage." With his human upbringing, he is the embodiment of truth, justice, in the American way. He is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned. James Gunn is confirmed to be writing the project, and as uh, last I checked, it seems that the rumor in Scuttlebutt is that James Gunn will not only be writing, but he will be directing um, this Says as I was interrupting myself, James Gunn is confirmed to be writing the project with Saffron expressing his hope that his co-CEO can be persuaded to also direct it. Meanwhile, Gunn had this to say about the upcoming movie centered on the Man of Steel. Superman is for everyone. That's a four-quadrant film that should speak to everyone in the world. Superman Legacy is set to be released in theaters on July 11th, 2025, which is a... we got a couple years they need to stoke that fire. Um, anybody who's ever really known me, and I mean, when I say know me, know me, I mean outside of listening to my soft and sultry voice on this podcast. Like, know me, like your homie, the one and only Shinobi. Uh, you fucking know how much I find Superman to be so fucking boring. He's so OP. For those who aren't in the know, I was one of those who didn't know what OP meant for a minute. It means overpowered. Um, I've always said that the more interesting, the most interesting thing about Superman is his cast of supporting characters. You know, Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, Mom, Pa Kent, uh, Pete Ross, who was created originally, he was an original creation for Smallville. Um, Lex Luthor, to an extent, Lana Lang, his high school girlfriend. I've always found the people that, the people whose lives are influenced by 
Clark Kent, a.k.a. Kalal, a.k.a. The Man of Steel, a.k.a. Big Blue, a.k.a. The Man of Tomorrow, Superman. I've always found the stories more interesting when they're delving into, uh, excuse me, they're delving into Cal's um, supporting cast of characters. Um, I mean, as long as I'm Regal Unlimited and I plan to be Regal Unlimited till I die, uh, I'll, I'll peep it out, you know. I wasn't going to go see Man of Steel because I'm like, fuck Superman. Superman's a little punk bitch. And then uh, as fortune would favor my bold ass, um, my adopted mother forgot about me on my 25th birthday. So I let like a week go by to really build the drama because the longer the time lapsed, the more guilt, the bigger the present. And I, I am a simple man with simple needs. I just wanted to see Man of Steel in theaters. Like the Taylors, the Taylors, the tr- the the... Can't talk still. The trailers and TV spots were tantalizing the fuck out of me. It was actually TV Spot 11. If you have time, pop on YouTube. I, once Every once in a while, I go check out uh, TV Spot 11 for Man of Steel. And it was that TV spot that's like, okay, you got this, move, this music popping off. You got emotion. Superman saving Lois. Like, I, I got to see this movie. I got to see it on the biggest screen possible. My adopted mom's bitch ass ruined my experience by talking through the movie because her Superman's Christopher Reeves and she was in utter horror. Why would Superman snap a man's neck? I don't fucking know, Erica. But all I know is if you talk one more fucking time, I will leave you in this dark fucking theater on your own. Okay? This is my birthday. This is about me. This ain't about you. It's about me. Needless to say, I got what I wanted. I got to see Man of Steel. Um, that was just a little story but um i'm definitely i'm i'm interested you know not as interested as some of the things on this other slate like the uh the next incoming movie and stays in the super family and the next movie up is supergirl it's another i just said movie supergirl woman of tomorrow is set to take inspiration from tom king's miniseries with Gunn confirming that the movie will explore a very different type of Supergirl and be much more hardcore. Uh, We will see the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl, raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. It is unknown if Crypto, the Superdog, who appeared in King's comic run, will appear in the movie. Um, much more hardcore. And okay, so they're already breaking with tradition. Um, traditionally, Supergirl is from the city of Kandor. Um, you think of you think of Krypton as a planet and all these different cities and whatnot. So originally, Supergirl's from Kandor. Her parents send her in a rocket ship, not unlike her cousin, Kal-El. Her shit gets stuck. The reason why Supergirl seems to be, biologically, she's 
younger. Her Mentally, she's older, but biologically, she's younger. And the reason that that is is because her rocket ship gets caught in some sort of situation where she's stuck in stasis. So she was already like, fuck, man. I think by the time her parents sent her away when Krypton was dying, she was like a preteen. She was easily like 9 or 10. So she's got almost a decade on Kalal. But because little baby uh, baby Kalal made it to Earth first, you know, physically and mentally, he's older than her. Or I'd say physically. You know, mentally, she's older than him. It's it's almost, you know, an unfair shake. She reaches Earth, and, you know, she's probably got the mental capacity of someone in their mid-30s, I would, I would guess. But uh, because of what happens, she gets stuck in the body of a 14-year-old. It would be, it'd be fucking irritating and infuriating for me, personally. I don't know how other people... Some people have the perverse fantasy of wanting to be a teenager again, like... You have a better odd of just smoking meth and crack and surviving versus, you know, you, you, I don't understand people's obsession with wanting to be young again. Be happy with the life you're given, damn it. Be happy, motherfuckers. Um, I am infinitely more interested in the woman of steel than the man of steel. Uh, I know they said hardcore and I'm a pervert, so when I hear more hardcore, I'm like, there's going to be a, like, psh. There's going to be a gangbang scene. There's probably not going to be a gangbang scene. This is going to be, you know, family-friendly, PG-13 fair. Um, so I would assume more hardcore would just mean that she's probably more up to the task of just, like, offing villains. I would definitely assume that more hardcore would speak to her extremity in terms of going the extra mile for justice versus going the extra mile for some penis or some pussy. I don't know. It's 2023. Who says that she has to be attracted to men? Not me. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next movie. This is the one that, like, I am the most excited about. Like, you have no fucking idea. If I was recording, like, you'd see me. If I was, you know, if this was a video, you'd see me, like, jitterbugging around and, like, kind of freaking out because this is just... It's so exciting. So I, I'm just so fucking jazzed. Um, next up, The Brave and the Bold, a.k.a. Batman and Damian Wayne. The Brave and the Bold will exist alongside Robert Pattinson's Batman as an Elseworlds story set outside the DCU. And to clarify that up, because it seemed a little bit confusing. So The Brave and the Bold, a.k.a. Batman and Damian Wayne, will be the main DCU Batman. They announced, and I assume it's going to be in this article, but they announced that there's going to be Elseworld titles. Elseworld titles are titles from the comic books, things that refer to tales being told in a different, you know, you might have a little bit of familiarity with uh, the premise of a story, but there will be some, some tonal shifts and change. So Rob Pattinson's uh, The Batman isn't going to get folded into the DCU. It's going to exist um, outside of the DCU canon in its own Elseworlds. Uh, anyways, back. 
story set outside DCU. However, what makes this project different is that it will feature the Bat family, with Gunn confirming that the, the version of Robin that will team up with the DCU's Batman is Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's biological son. Uh, Gunn described Damian as our favorite Robin, a little son of a bitch, an assassin, and a murderer. The DC Studios co-CEO said that the Brave and the Bold would explore a very strange sort of father-son story about Bruce and Damien. The Brave and the Bold is inspired by Grant Morrison's Batman comics and Tom King's run. If you haven't read those, I suggest you do diligence and fucking jump on that shit. You know, like Ellie, Ellie Golding would say, don't panic. Just fucking read the Grant Morrison's run on Batman and the Tom King run on Batman and you should have like a pretty good idea of what the fuck is finna go down um I'm excited about this man we haven't gotten Robin in a live action Batman movie since Joel Schumacher damn near killed the franchise in a Batman and Robin and that wasn't even Robin. You know, that's the most frustrating thing about it. It's like in Batman Forever, he rocked a Robin. But in motherfucking Batman and Robin, Chris O'Donnell playing Dick Grayson was rocking the Nightwing suit. And it's actually funny because that color scheme predates the New 52. So New 52 really stole the idea for a red Nightwing suit from Batman and Robin, which I'm just realizing that, kind of like, mind blown over that, because how did I not see that before? Do you see it? What? It. Um, this Batman has been reported to be in his 30s. Uh, it's, a, it's a very twisted tale. The way that Damian Wayne came about is a little bit of retroactive continuity, um, but basically, Bruce Wayne had spent the night with Talia al Ghul. And in the original comic, it just seems like, you know, it's kind of creepy. He takes his shirt off, but he keeps the cowl on. They make love. He disappears into the night as a Batman is wont to do. And then Grant Morrison, Tom King's run, uh, the retro, they retcon it, a.k.a. retroactive continuity, to... Exposed that Talia had drugged and raped Bruce Wayne to steal his seed. You know, essentially, Batman was the victim of a sex crime. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't consent to that, and she kept Damian Wayne, son of the son of the Bat, grandson of the Demon. Sorry about that. She kept him away from Bruce and kept the knowledge that Bruce, a.k.a. Batman, was his father for 12 years, a decade and some change. So it's very, very interesting stuff. I definitely say go out of your way to read it. Um, Hoopla is an app. If you have a library card, you can download whatever graphic novel you want to read it as many times. I would say download it from Hoopla. Get a little bit of that library loving. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for all of us. God, I miss Library 11. And I'm talking about reading books, not having sex in the library, if anybody was clear. I know I've established and I'm a bit of a perv, so I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew when I say Library 11, I'm not talking about sucking, tucking, or fucking. I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about <laughs> reading a book or a nice audio book. No sucking, tucking, or fucking. Just 
getting some nice library loving by reading. Totally family friendly. All right. Moving on to the next one, Paradise Lost, Wonder Woman prequel, HBO Max series. Paradise Lost is set to explore the Amazons of Themyscira before the birth of Diana, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, with Saffron teasing that it has this Game of Thrones-ish story. Hopefully there is no incest. Uh, Saffron noted that the HBO Max prequel series would expand on, on Themyscira's political intrigue behind a society of all women, Gunn chimed in, saying that the show will look to answer questions about the origin of Themyscira and all its beautiful and ugly truths. How did that come about? What's the origin of an island of all women? What are the beautiful truths and the ugly truths behind all of that? And what's the scheming like between the different power players in that society? Paradise Lost appears to be a callback to Phil Jimenez and George Perez's Paradise Island Lost comics series that explored a civil war on Themyscira. I remember reading about that. It was interesting. Beautifully drawn. Uh, brilliantly, brilliantly written. Sorry, excuse me. I didn't mean to yawn right in your fucking ear. And I know it's illegal and contagious to yawn. I just did it and it's like an echo. We're all yawning. I, I yawned and, and by osmosis, you're going to yawn too. Um... Again, I feel like people who know me. I'm so sorry. Excuse my rudeness. People who know me know that Diana of Themyscira is, she's my comic book character crush. Just like, uh, starry eyed when I uh, see her. Gal Gadot did a very good job. Gal Gadot. Did a fantastic fucking job of embodying Diana Prince, Diana of Themyscira, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. Um, it's not known yet if Gal Gadot will be coming back. Not coming back, not. <sighs> coming back or not. Um, but this is, uh, this is definitely, should be interesting, you know, tell the tale of what happened before... Queen Hippolyta uh, molded a baby out of clay and prayed to Zeus, and then Zeus gave birth to that baby. And I know some of you are sitting here listening like, what the fuck did this nigga, this nigga really just say Wonder Woman was born from clay? Like, yes. <laughs> uh, do your Google-ing. Uh, it is one of the more wonky, take it on a leap of faith origin stories you know, if you thought it was silly that a man would be inspired to dress up as a bat from seeing his parents get murdered, uh, it's definitely pretty fucking wacky that uh, her mother wanted a baby so badly she molded one out of clay and then prayed to the gods, a.k.a. Zeus, and he gave her what he wanted or what she wanted. But I still love Diana of Themyscira, and I'm, you know, it's HBO Max. I'm already maxing it up as it is just for Kirby enthusiasm at this point, to be honest with you. So might as well max it out, you know? Do it like you want to do it. Make it do what it do good. Uh, next up is HBO Max's Booster Gold series, and it will explore a new time-traveling hero for the DCU. 
Saffron described the titular protagonist as a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. Gunn then added that he has imposter syndrome as a superhero. In the comics, Mike Carter is a disgraced former football star who uses a time machine to go to the present and become a hero. This comedy series has no release date yet. Um, it's definitely interesting. I feel like the first time I was really inter 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 introduced to Booster Gold was in the new 52 series, and I really didn't find BG to be too enthralling of a character because he was a sham. He was a scam artist. He wasn't a legit hero. Stealing a costume and some time travel tech and a sassy robot that talks back to you doesn't make you a hero. It makes you a thief and an imposter. Um, again, like I said, with the, the Wonder Woman prequel HBO Max series, I'm, I'm already maxing it up, so I might as well max it out, you know? Has no release date, as does the Wonder Woman show, so just is, it's a wait-and-see approach. And like I said, like there is no harm, no foul. I'm already paying the 15-something a month for HBO Max. So if I don't like it, I just never turn it on again. I'm not one to uh, hate-watch something unless it was a revival of Gossip Girl. I hate-watched that motherfucker into the ground because, thank God, they canceled that some bitch. But... Yeah, I'm not usually one to hate watch something. I'll watch it and if it doesn't catch me. With the, I'll give it two episodes. You know, you never. It's a little bit unfair to give something just a pilot. I'll give it episode one and two. If it can't tickle my taint in two episodes, it's got to go, son. Uh, next up on the docket, the Creature Commandos is an animated series that will explore a modern take on the characters who were first introduced from the pages of DC Comics. In the comics, it was originally a team of classic monsters, namely, namely Frankenstein's monsters, a werewolf, a vampire, a gorgon, fighting Nazis in World War II. However, given that it is described as a modern take, it's likely that a whole new wave of otherworldly characters will be featured. Uh, Gunn confirmed that Creature Commandos is already in production with him finished... Writing every episode, Creature Commandos has seven episodes. Gunn also said that th that shows like Creature Commandos allow their creative collaborators, collaborators to tell stories that are gigantic but without spending, you know, $50 million an episode. Although the voice cast has yet to be announced, it was confirmed that the top executives are looking to find actors who can also portray the live-action versions of these characters down the line. Uh, next up, we have Waller, Amanda Waller series. Uh, while Peacemaker Season 2 is being put on hold, Gunn said that Waller would act as a continuation of that series since Team Peacemaker will appear aside, alongside Viola Davis's Amanda Waller in the upcoming spinoff. Uh, at the end of Peacemaker Season 1, Leota Adebayo managed to reveal her mother's secret task force X group to the world. This series appears to explore the ramifications of that ending. Doom Patrol showrunner Jeremy Carver will series exec, well, I'm sorry, will serve as executive producer and writer alongside Watchman scribe Crystal Henry. Saffron praised Carver and Henry, noting that they are crushing it. 
Meanwhile, Gunn described Waller as the greatest show ever. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Viola Davis. She really, really silked the shockered me with uh, her turn as Ma Rainey and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It was fucking fantastic. If you haven't checked that movie out, check it out. It's uh, Chadwick Boseman's last performance. Fantastic fucking movie. And uh, <laughs> like I said, because I reviewed that for an episode of the podcast, uh, when the former co-host Alan Weinstein said that that was Viola Davis, uh, I was Silk the Shockered because I uh, she just crushed it. She was crushing it, son. Viola was fucking killing it, boy. She was doing that shit, B. Uh, I sound corny talking like that. <laughs> Anyways, up next, Lanterns a.k.a. Green Lantern Show, will revolve around the two best-known members of the Green Lantern Corps, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, as they investigate a mystery that is expected to play a big role in the main story of DCU's DCU's Chapter 1, which has been titled Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. Uh, Saffron described Lanterns as a huge HBO-quality event that is very much in the vein of True Detective, as long as it's not True Detective Season 2 with uh, Vince Vaughn. That was really confusing. Is it Season 2 or Season 3? I think it was Season 3 with Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. That was very confusing. Uh, Lanterns is separate from Greg Berlanti's planned Green Lantern series for HBO Max, which is confirmed to not be moving forward by Saffron. The DC Studios co-CEO explained the decision behind the cancellation of Berlanti's Green Lantern series, Greg's vision was more of a space opera. Our vision is more true detective to terrestrial-based investigation story. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Green Lanterns and much more to the point, Hal Jordan, Hal, Hal Jordan done correctly. You know, I love Ryan Reynolds. Stick to your lane, motherfucker. You are Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool. You are not Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan is not a wisecracker. Hal Jordan ain't the funny guy. Hal Jordan's a very serious, kind of hard-nosed bastard, and Ryan just was never going to fill the mold. I get why they did it, because he was popular. He was riding a whole wave of momentum, but never again. Don't ever, I don't ever want to see Ryan Reynolds ever again trying to portray wrong fucking person. Uh, I don't know who they would like to cast. I know back when Greg Berlanti's Green Lantern Corps was going to be a thing, they were real, real interested in casting Tomas Cruz as Hal Jordan. And while he's a little bit old, uh, I would have been down for it, man. Uh, People give Tom Cruise too much shit. He's probably definitely, super definitely, a fucking weirdo, sociopath, psycho, in real life, but bro, I'm just here to see you do some stupid shit while playing a character named Ethan Hunt. Like, I keep telling people, this man's gonna kill himself for us, and everybody's like, ah, ha, 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 it's just Tom. Relax, bro, it's just Tom. He's not gonna die. Like, no, I think he will die if he keeps doing these stunts. He's he's got the energy of a middle-aged man who's running from something. And it's Tom Cruise, so if it's a Mission Impossible movie, he's usually always running from something to something. Um, yeah, I don't. I have nobody in mind for who they should cast as Hal Jordan, but I have one person in mind for who they should cast as Jon Stewart. And I said this all the way back 
when uh, pre Snyder Cut release, or or as it's originally or as it's officially titled, Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, I believe that Omari Hardwick should be John Stewart. I look at him and I see John Stewart. Uh, if anybody's ever seen Power, um, he was in Next Day Air. And he did a psychological thriller not too long ago that the name of it escapes me. But I believe that Omari Hardwick has the chops to bring a live John John action. (laughs) Get more sleep, Jensen. A live action version of Jon Stewart to the big screen. I think he can do uh, JS justice, you know. So Omari Hardwick for Jon Stewart. If you got a Twitter, because I deleted mine, uh, put that out there into the universe. And uh, let's try to get this man cast. Uh, this also doesn't have a uh, a premiere date yet. Um, hold on a second. Moving on to the next one. Swamp Thing, the movie. This will be the second or third time that they're attempting a Swamp Thing Movie uh, Swamp Thing is described as a horror film that will mark the end of DCU's Chapter One. Uh, Saffron Saffron revealed that Swamp Thing is set to investigate the dark origins of the titular monster through the perspective of horror. Meanwhile, Gunn said the mashup quality of seeing Rocket Raccoon standing next to Thor in Avengers and Avengers Infinity War wound up being one of the highlights of the MCU's crossover movie. That said, Gunn teased that they're one-upping that approach with Swamp Thing, potentially indicating that the titular monster will cross over with the likes of Superman and Batman. <laughs> this is a much more, horror, more horrific film, but will still have Swamp Thing interact with the other characters. Uh, I'm not bothered by it. They, they tried this approach with uh, Swamp Thing... Um, if you remember way, way back in the day, they did a sci-fi channel back when it was spelled S-Y-F-Y. They did a Swamp Thing uh, live-action adaption. I mean, it's sci-fi channel, so it was going to be booty butt cheeks, to be honest with you. It was big booty, booty butt cheeks. It was, uh, on one hand, I was jazzed because it was a Marvel production. I'm always down like a clown for comic book shit, but then you remember, like, it's a sci-fi channel, so no matter what level of enthusiasm you're bringing to it, it's still a sci-fi channel production. These are the motherfuckers who made Sharknado. Like, come on, you shouldn't expect too much. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. I know that one of my Facebook friends, Joe Joe, also a former co-worker, pretty cool person, nice lady, uh, she was talking about it on her Facebook, and she wasn't sure about the uh, the horror element for uh, Swamp Thing. I almost said Man Thing, but Man Thing is the Marvel Swamp creature. Um, and I was going to bring that up to her, but I decided to save it for the pod. That way I'd have more content. Um, if you haven't seen... Werewolf by Night, I'd say check it out. And if you like what they did with Man-Thing, because that's very <laughs> horrific shit, truly terrifying. The fact that they put it in black and white 
help to ease the horror that is that that could be there. Hold on one second. Never mind. Sorry for that lapse in audio. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested. Like I said, I liked what they did with Werewolf by Night and what they did with uh, Man-Thing, very terrifying creature. I think the same kind of aesthetic. I don't think they need to go black and white, but I think that they can pull out the same shit with Swampy. And uh, it's going to be the capper for Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. So it's, it's a fitting. It's fitting. It's poetic. Wow, I just thought about how poetic that is. Superman is going to, the chapter one is titled Gods and Monsters. Superman, who is pretty much an alien god, is going to be opening the chapter, and Swamp Thing, a literal swamp monster, is going to be closing it. These guys are brilliant. I don't know why I didn't make the connection earlier. Um, the next movie up is uh, The Authority. Saffron describes The Authority as kind of like Jack Nicholson and A Few Good Men saying that they know that you want them on the wall, or sorry, they know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. The movie will explore a team of superheroes that utilize extreme methods of protecting the planet. Gunn explained the decision why they moved forward with the authority. One of the things of the DCU is that it's not just a story of heroes and villains. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy. Giant things from the, giant things from the sky, comes and good guys. Giant things from the sky comes and good guy wins. While confirming that the movie is being written now, he didn't reveal the screenwriter. Gunn said that he's really excited to bring these characters to life. Uh, I'm excited. I'll admit to you, I don't have a fucking clue about the authority, and so I'll probably jump on that app I mentioned, Hoopla. And I'll probably do some investigative journalism. So at least I can educate myself. And I would, I would uh, suggest that you guys do the same, you know? Um, we're going to move on to the next piece. And then, like I, I discussed uh, before uh, about the Elseworlds, we're getting Elseworlds, colon, The Batman Part 2. Uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman sequel, is under the Elseworlds umbrella, meaning it is set on a different Earth. Rob Pattinson will will reprise the role as the Dark Knight. It is unknown which other characters characters will make a comeback, though Reeves confirmed that the Penguin series will lead into the sequel. There's actually a whole little fabric of things we're wanting to do the way we're doing with the Penguin, and now that and the Penguin and how that comes back into how that will lead into the sequel what that sequel is going to be. Saffron expressed his excitement for 2025, describing it as a very big year for DC. The Batman Part 2 is set for, or set to be released on October 3rd, 2025. And that's it for basically the episode, and that's it for the slate of movies. There's also The Joker 2, starring Lady Gaga and whatever. It's going to be a musical. I don't give a fuck. Fuck The Joker. It's one of the most played out Batman characters. He's got like, next to Spider-Man, Batman's got the best rogues gallery. And for some weird reason, they just keep doing the Joker. And it really shows that Hollywood has no way, um, have no ambition, have no reach, have no sight, no vision. 
like, yeah, the Joker makes money, but given given a good script and a great actor, Victor Fries would make a great villain. Uh, we've seen that Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow, can be a great villain. Like, Batman has good villains. Harvey Dent is a very compelling person. Two paces, two pace. <laughs> the name's Two Pace, doll face. <laughs> Fucking Two Pace. The fuck kind of villain name is that? Not Two Pace, Two Face. Two Face is a compelling character, and, and I'd say that even more compelling, which wasn't done to justice in The Dark Knight, but even more compelling than him just being the villain is his fall from grace, from beloved and righteous district attorney Harvey Dent to disgraced ex-DA Harvey Two-Face Dent. Um, I really wish they would leave the Joker alone, but they can't stop um, trying to delve into what makes this character this character. And the Dark Knight probably most definitely is going to go down as the best iteration of the Joker ever because uh, I believe the Joker, and I'll say this and then I'll fuck off and let you guys go because it's been almost 40 minutes. The Joker as a character works best. No explanation. As Heath Ledger said in The Dark Knight, I'm an agent of chaos. And originally when I heard it, I thought he said I'm an engine of chaos, which is just like, okay, you're a chaos engine? I guess I understand. Um, they just can't, you know, they're, uh, ironically, uh, the DC heads and the film, the screenwriters and filmmakers are like, or they're not on like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character from Brokeback Mountain. They just can't quit the Joker. They just can't quit him. Uh, I like that. I found that to be very poetic, kind of full circle deal. Um, I wish they would quit him. I wish they'd find the, the balls, the intestinal fortitude, get the grapefruits, and do a different character. But whatever. Um, I was going to leave it off at that, but I want you guys to read the article and be like, this motherfucker left Joker fully de, de, de blah. I don't know how to pronounce the, the title of the second movie. Um, Joker 2 is also an Elseworlds title. So, yeah, I'll probably definitely, just like I did with the first one, I'll watch it through my phone while texting women on Tinder because that's how little I give a fuck about the Joker movie. But I am Regal Unlimited, boy So I might as well do my motherfucking dizzoo. I'm going to do my dizzle. Do your what? I'm going to do my damn thing. Do my dizzle. God damn, leave me the fuck alone. All right. <coughs> As always, I wouldn't say thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every one of you who took precious time out of your day to listen to me talk bullshit, talking out of the side of my neck professionally. Fine-ass motherfucker like me. You're letting me into your house. You're inviting me into your ears, to your office, to your workout space, in your car to listen to my crazy butt give you the news with zero abuse. Um... I'll catch you on the next episode. I don't know what it's going to be. I was planning for the episode before this to be M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin, but I didn't think that you guys would want to hear me gush about how amazing of an actor Dave Bautista is while the rest of the movie is just subpar bullshit that tries to play on your thoughts of are they or aren't they. Like, I was really expecting, you know, for one good, for every one good movie, for every one good Shyamalan movie, there's like the next three are just dog shit, you know? 
And uh, yeah, so I didn't want to waste you guys' time. I didn't want to waste mine. I'm going to get the fuck out of here because it's been almost 40 minutes. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.